the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. It's going to be a very different program today. Well, not that different, but it's going to be a little different. I'm venturing into some uncharted waters here as I stumbled into a topic I want to discuss with you. I also have some newsy items that we have to talk about. And um, and some things we have to point out to the news. Some things they're doing that's uh, that's kind of fake news, if you ask me. So we will be getting at it. Uh, I have to tell you, for the first half hour of the show, we are we're reinstalling some new phones, so uh, you can't call the number triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. That number should stay the same, but you can't call till I tell you. So don't don't even try it. Even if somebody double dog dares you, do not try it. At Stunt Brain is hot and rolling on the Twitter. At Stunt Brain, hot and rolling on the Twitter. So if you want to join the conversation there, please do so. I'm asking everyone to uh, to send a happy birthday out to my brother Frank on Twitter. His his Twitter handle very creative. F Opelka. <laughs> At F Opelka, I give him a hard time. He's the one, the the doctor, Mr. Doctor Guy. But he's my oldest brother, and uh, I have a great appreciation for him, despite the fact he spends half his time in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's a long story. So happy birthday, Frank. I know you're listening, and you can't call because the phones are down. So neener, 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 brother Frank. Um, a couple of things going on today. Dr. Jorge is joining us at the bottom of this hour. We're going to talk on this Wellness Wednesday about weight weight control and weight loss. He's putting him, himself on the line. Dr. Jorge's actually started an online program every Wednesday evening where um, he's kind of live casting himself on this web new website called Collide. And, and he's, he's putting his own weight loss tips into play on himself. He's testing the system on himself. So um, it would be... <laughs> It could be fun. I think he's had a very good first week on the program. We'll talk at, uh, at, at 12.30 Eastern, so stay tuned for that. Senator Chris Coons uh, is going to join us today as well in the second hour. And in the third hour, our crazy friend, yes, Angie Austin is back from the abyss, and she wants to talk crazy stories. So we'll talk crazy stories. I've also found some crazy stories that I have to talk to you about. Um, in, including, including one that we talked about Monday. We talked briefly about this on Monday because I wanted to know what the hell was going on. I wanted to know uh, actually um, why, why, why uh, that um, we, we haven't had anything, anything at all about the bomber who hit New York City last year. It was just about a year ago. Why haven't we heard anything about it? That was my question. It was a freaky story that that 
showed up and disappeared all within about a week. It happened on, I think it was July 3rd of 2016. A guy named Connor Golden, a young man, Eagle Scout, 18 years old. He's 19 now. Was terribly injured when his he and his buddies were walking around Central Park. And they were just really walking around. They were on, a, on a, an area of a rock formation in the south end of Central Park. And as you stand on these rocks, you can slack line across an area. But they were walking on the ground to go near that rocky area. And he stepped on something. Connor Golden stepped on something. And there was an explosion. It was an IED made by somebody who allegedly was testing commercially available products to create what I think they call in the intelligence community TATP. It becomes a crystalline powder that that ISIS has used, that Islamic terrorists have used. But we haven't heard boo about this for a week. The explosion was so intense that it blew off the bottom of his foot. And Connor, then 18, had to have his, his leg amputated from the knee down. He's, he seems to be taking this all... Uh, I was going to say in stride, but that's a horrible statement in this case. He seems to be handling this very well. And uh, his mom has basically said, we want privacy. He's in college. He's studying music engineering at the University of Miami and doing as well as can be expected. But have you heard anything about this? No. Has anybody talked about this? This was a bombing in New York that uh, should have gotten the same attention as any of the terror attacks, I think, in in London or Paris or Brussels. Uh, Unfortunately, because only one guy got hit, I think it didn't get as much attention. But we don't have any leads. The NYPD said no arrest. They still look at this as a homemade device. The investigation is ongoing and active. And then Sunday, when I read about this initially before I came in and talked about it on Monday, I saw the reward money for arrest and conviction of suspects. Uh, yeah, there's reward. 25 grand. Come on. Come on. There was a GoFundMe page set up for Connor Golden because he, he's going to need ongoing care and help. And every couple of years... Every couple of years, you have to replace that prosthetic. And um, they, they set it up uh, for a, um, they were trying to raise 100 grand for Connor Golden, this victim of a bombing in New York. It currently has uh, drawn all of 86,000 of the 100,000 goal. And I don't know where you stand. I don't know how deep your pockets are. Um, I'll post it and maybe you'll share it and maybe some rich folks will jump on this. But this, this poor kid, this poor innocent victim of this, um, just it's ridiculous. And I'm thinking about this story after we touched on it Monday briefly. And then I'm thinking, um, where the hell is the NYPD on this? And I actually put a call into a friend over at NYPD and said, well, what's going on? 
what's going on with this bombing? And he's like, oh, let me find out. Uh, haven't heard back. And yet, suddenly, today, a press conference is held at the location of the bombing. Gee, why now? Why are we talking about this now? The deputy commissioner of intelligence from NYPD, one of the chiefs was there. And uh, then they actually had one of the guys, one of the detectives on the case. They're talking about it. And I'll give you just a, a little bit of the statement they made. Specifically, we're calling out visitors to Central Park who may have taken photographs or video of the rock formation behind us in the days and weeks before July 3rd, 2016, to provide them to ATF and NYPD investigators to assist us in narrowing the timeline for when the explosive material was placed here, as well as help us identify potential suspects. The explosive material was homemade and dangerous. Then multiple people climbing on and around this rock formation to get a better view of Central Park and the pond and countless other visitors who come to this park. The victim suffered life-altering traumatic injuries as a result of this explosion, but it could have been just about any visitor to Central Park who was hurt that day. The explosive material was indiscriminate. To aid in the solicitation of tips and information, ATF, NYPD, and Crime Stoppers are announcing a combined reward of up to $40,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for the explosion. We all have a common goal, to keep our parks and public safe for all New Yorkers and visitors alike. We need the public's help to ensure the safety and ensure justice for the victim and his family. Thank you. So that statement comes out almost a year to the day of this bombing in New York and only seemed to reignite interest in this case after a few media outlets started saying, hey, whatever happened to that kid whose leg got blown off at Central Park? Isn't that about a year ago? Yes, it was about a year ago. Nothing has been said about this. Really nothing. I'm stunned. I'm surprised. Maybe some of the coverage uh, that we did here, maybe some of the calls, the the, uh, inquiries we made, ignited them but uh 40 grand no city of new york how about you put a half million dollars or a million dollar bounty on on the head of whoever put this bomb out there then i think you'll get something going but we're a year past it this this press conference should have been happening daily at least for the first week after this happened remember what happened with the guy who had the the pressure cooker bombs in lower Manhattan last year. Yeah, we closed off an entire street and had an investigation. Where is that kind of treatment on this? And why isn't this that important? Why? I want to know why. I'm very upset about this. I just think this is this is total Bravo Sierra that this was not made a priority. And I know the Golden family wants Connor to heal and get on with his life. Yes, so do we. But we also need to know that whoever did that to Connor Golden remains at large, still out there, doing God knows what else, preparing God knows what else. There was only one person hurt by this explosion. So we know the bomber didn't die unless he was part of something else. But somebody, you know, I I appreciate the fact that they're asking for people who were in the park 
to turn in pictures from the days before July 3rd, 2016, which is when the bombing happened. But where the hell were you? Where the hell were you July 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th of 2016? <clears throat> it's, just, it's just maddening. I'll tweet out a link to the GoFundMe page for Connor Golden. Send it to your friends. Send it to everybody you know. And if you can do something, do something. If not, the best you can do is help spread the word. This was a terror attack in New York City. And um, just seems to be getting shoved to the background. And I don't like it. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, I have to, uh, I have to remind you guys um, that the weekend's coming up. It's going to be a long weekend for many of you, and it's going to be a weekend that that you could be out and about and very active and doing great things. But it won't be that great if you're in pain, and pain is the worst thing. It's, it's awful. It, it's a terrible thing. And that's why I tell everybody that if you have pain, if you have chronic pain from irritation and inflammation in your joints, your back, your neck, whatever, that wh- why aren't you doing what I've been doing for weeks now, weeks on end? I think we're officially technically into our 12th week here with Relief Factor. And that means you need to go to relieffactor.com relieffactor.com it is healthy inflammation natural treatment there's a three-week quick start pack that you can get for just 1995 i've i use it every day they've sold over a million of these and people are buying them because it helps it helped me on day eight i have not taken any of those little green gel caps that are sold at pharmacies all around the country at stores everywhere And I had been taking eight of them a day. No more. I take Relief Factor. Uh, So go to relieffactor.com. That's the simple way to do it. And you can get the three-week quick start pack. Or you can pick up the phone and call them. They're they're Monday through Friday. They're in, you know, 5 to to 7 p.m. That's West Coast time. So it's all the way up to like 10 p.m. here on the East Coast. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It works for me. I, I hope it will work for you and give you what I have gotten. And that's basically my life back. Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Check it out. Um, many things to talk about today. I was talking about the Central Park situation and the story of, of Connor Golden, who was uh, the only victim. The only victim was... Uh, was of this bombing in the park and we haven't heard anything of it. And one of the vast and unpaid resource department uh, folks on Twitter, the Duchess of Cafefe, Stacey Rippey said, any links in signature of bomb between Central Park and lower Manhattan? Um, 
I think the lower Manhattan one you speak of, which was uh, 14th Street, 13th and 14th Street, I think they actually got those guys. Those were pressure cooker type bombs. They suspect this to be different because there was no pressure cooker shrapnel type stuff. So we will see. But I think getting the word out is good. And I did tweet out a link to uh, the GoFundMe page for Connor. If anybody wants to forward it to all your friends, I should send it to Mr. Beck. He's got a lot of friends. He can forward it to a lot of people. It's, it's very frustrating that so much attention gets placed on these other bombings around the world and we don't hear anything here. It, it almost feels like it's intentional. It's intentional, I know. Uh, just around the corner, we have Dr. Jorge joining us. Uh, he's going to talk about this Wellness Wednesday program. He started, started it last week. It's apparently having great, great effects for him. So if you're looking on uh, getting into a little better shape, we will get to that uh, just around the corner. I also have to talk about, uh, since we're talking about New York City, I will get to it, and I think I want to be able to play the audio from the videos. Two very different things happened on the subway in New York City, both related to animals, both with very different results. And uh, yesterday, we went, I went on, I was going to say we went on. You weren't ranting, I was ranting. Yesterday, I had a little bit of a rant about uh, the Cosmopolitan magazine article, which named, here are the seven women who might be the first female president of the United States of America. Really? Really, Cosmo. And uh, we made note of the fact that they left out Carly Fiorina and uh, Nikki Haley but there also was in, in the Cosmos story uh, a statement that says, unlike past elections where one woman competed in the primaries against a gaggle of men, this time there's a slew of eminently qualified women waiting to run. Here are the seven women to watch leading up to 2020. Uh, so apparently they only recognized Hillary Clinton running. They did not recognize the fact that Carly Fiorina also ran and also did pretty darn well against a field of established Republicans. So uh, another another flag thrown on you, Cosmopolitan. And if you missed the story, it's on the blaze.com. You go to the blaze.com, click on channels, find my channel, and you'll see it's right there at the top. And you should follow that channel anyway. We're almost at 25,000 folks following and we need to get there. When we get back, it's Wellness Wednesday, and we're going to talk to our good friend and our buddy who's going to help us all get a little healthier, Dr. Jorge. That's next on Pure Opelka. Come on. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is the the Wednesday thing we do, the Wellness Wednesday thing we do. And I'm, I'm getting a little nervous because we might have... We might have a medical condition, or it might be a mental condition today on the show. We might have a liberal overload situation here. Because next hour, Senator Chris Coons of Delaware, who happens to be a friend and a neighbor, uh, but he is a Democrat and we disagree on much. Uh, but Chris is going to call in and we're going to talk health care and some other things. Uh, he's on the show. And then Dr. Horry's on the show. And I've actually put out a request to a New York congressperson, Grace Meng, who represents the 6th District of New York, because we're, we're together on a really important project, at least mentally we're together on this. Uh, I'm asking her if she'll discuss with me a, a, vital, a vital issue that I'm just going to tease you about it. Um, we actually have legal aliens in this country who volunteer to serve in our military, and some of them are going to be deported. And I I'm just can't believe the insanity of that idea. And I want to talk about it. And hopefully, uh, Representative Meng will, will grant us an interview. And that would probably put us on liberal overload. And there might be some sort of drug that I'm going to need to get. But uh, if she doesn't call in, I think we're okay. Let me ask the guy who... He's my go-to guy for common sense medical questions and so much good advice on so many different areas. Dr. Jorge Rodriguez, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, my liberal overload. Is there such a thing? Yeah, there is. Actually, even I get it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I know there's Trump derangement syndrome because I've seen that. Really? Uh Yes, yes, there is. There are people who either gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight. Since the president has taken the oath of office, I'm just saying, you know what? I'm one of those. I'm one of those that's gained weight. And there's there's some validity to that, actually. Did you really, since the inauguration, did you actually gain weight? Yeah, absolutely. I probably gained like 15 pounds. Now, I can't blame it on on the president, you know, uh, by and large. But listen, stress, anxiety, all of these things definitely are associated with gaining weight there there are two types of people in the world as far as i see it those that don't eat when they're when they're under stress and then those of us that sedate ourselves with food um and it's a it's a learned behavior and you know um let let me just start by saying that i've i've always had an issue with weight all my life um you know me i think i'm a pretty upfront person you know I'm not a perfect person, and I think that serves me well in my profession uh, because I think people can relate um, a lot to a doctor who is upfront and honest and, and can, re, you know, and can understand, you know, the, the day-to-day struggles that all of us, you know, go through. But losing weight um, and maintain, let me put it that way, staying healthy at a good weight, I think the most important thing is rearranging and re-changing the story that we have in our mind of ourselves and how we relate to food. And it's a big deal, Mike. I mean, two-thirds, two-thirds of all Americans are either overweight or obese. 
And well, that, that is a, yeah. That's hang, on, hang on one second, doctor, because I want to do two things. That number of two-thirds yeah. of Americans being overweight and obese, uh, yeah, I yeah. could stand to lose 15. But this, what you said before that, what you said before that, and I think, you know, fasten your seatbelt, Dr. Jorge, but you yeah. and Glenn Beck were talking about the same thing today, and that is the stories we tell ourselves determines what yep. we're doing. And Absolutely. you are so you're on the same page here. Yeah. Listen, why, why do you sound so shocked? Why do you sound well, so you know, I bet, I bet you Glenn Beck and I have a lot have a lot in common. You know, you do. Uh, and if not, yeah. And if not, we can discuss, you know, the differences that make us unique and make this world go round. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with having different opinions. We need to get over that. You know, within our families, we have different opinions. But I digress. You know, um, we, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. And the fact that we, you know, we almost become victims of our own stories. And to some degrees, we, we love to tell them and we love to, you know, make excuses. And it's difficult to get out of that rut. It really is. So what's helping me is to realize that I'm fully capable of changing the way I think. And it's not going to happen overnight. And it's going to be in slow steps and we have to retrain ourselves. And, and to me, when, when I started doing this thing, and we'll talk about it if you want, with Collide, which is basically a weekly live um, internet, you know, um, cast like t- little TV cast where I put myself on the same, you know, uh, food diet and exercise regimen as, as I'm suggesting, you know, I'm trying to walk the walk because again, 500 to 600,000 Americans die of heart disease every year. That's the number one killer of Americans. It isn't cancer. You know, it's, it's being overweight and what that, has the ramifications of that high blood pressure, diabetes, um, and all these things. And it it is really the most important thing. And today, I mean, the last week, what have we been talking about? You know, what healthcare in this country, and we we spend an inordinate amount of money in healthcare. And to be quite honest, we're not any healthier. All right. Than other countries that spend much less money, you know, and sometimes even less healthy, you know, the countries that don't have, you know, a lot of money on health care. And, uh, you know, we can talk about this for weeks. So if you want to save money, if you want to, you know, stay healthier, if you want to decrease your premiums, you know, if, if you want to not have to spend, you know, a gazillion dollars that might bankrupt you, you know, God forbid that if you have a heart attack, you need to start treating yourself with a little more respect. And, and knowing that you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish as far as, as diet and exercise. Well, now th- we're starting this, to sound like Deepak this, Chopra. <laughs> well, th- this leads me to, I watched last week's first episode on Collide. Dr. Jorge's uh-huh. talking about this, this uh, weekly thing he's doing where he's actually putting his cheese in the wind and saying, look, this is who I am. This is what I'm trying to do. And these are the foods I'm going to eat in the portions I'm going to eat them, which that's always been the thing. We have giant portions in this country. And you only think I'm eating one bowl of pasta, but actually it's four servings if you if you measure it out. Yeah, if you measure it and the proportions we eat are completely different. Um, And, you know. It, it is. And listen, you, you know that I, I was born in Cuba, you know, came here and for like six months, 
you know, while my dad was working three jobs and my mother too, we were still receiving like, you know, government cheese and, you know, mystery meat. And my mother had no other way of cooking it, but, you know, by putting sugar on it and, you know, eating the frosted flakes with extra sugar, you know, so the habits that we developed, you know, weren't great. And, you know, good food or healthy food is really expensive. It's a lot cheaper to go through a fast food place you know, and grab a couple of, of tacos and, and stuff. And, and, you know, so we really need to change the priorities, you know, um, in but, this but country. Doctor, and, the, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Fast food looks cheaper. But as, as I this is the battle I have with myself about food yeah. and weight and, and consumption. And, you know, I do the math because I do the grocery shopping. But I also understand that that 99 cent supersize of the fries it's going to cost $900 in 20 years when I'm dealing with whatever health issues have built up because it's, it's, you know, if you gain a pound a day, 25 years from now, guess what? You got 25 extra pounds on your butt. And that's absolutely. It's, I, I, I kid you it's not. like money. It's like Western song. Yeah, it is like money. It is like money. You're being penny wise and pound foolish. But part of it isn't just, I don't think when we go to a fast food place, we don't think about, Oh, the money or, what it's going to do in the long run is the fact that it's quick. It's the fact that it fulfills a certain need. I mean, really, if we started thinking of our eating habits as an addiction, because listen, there have been times at 10 o'clock at night when nobody's around. All right. That I will look into that refrigerator and make a sandwich out of two ice cubes and some mayonnaise. You know, I'm talking about, you can eat almost anything. You, you really just are in a place where you've created your body going into the cycle, and we could go into it medically, which we won't, but all the carbohydrates, all the sugars that we eat create so much insulin to be being produced that it creates a craving that has to be filled on a regular basis. And when you don't fill it, that same insulin that we produce creates fat, and we start storing it. I mean, the body knows what it's doing. So it isn't going to be something that you can do overnight, but it really is about retraining your brain, you know, and, and your habits. And it doesn't have to feel like prison or like you're depriving yourself. It really has to be, you know, sort of a priority. We have to start including ourselves in the things that matter. We take care of our families. We take care of our jobs. We need to take care of ourselves so that we can do both of those things even better. Well, yeah, I, I want to follow along. I know where to go. Uh, I want to follow your journey, and you, we want to tell people just, is it Collide.com? Is that where they want yeah, to go tonight is. if they want to see it? Correct. Right. So every Wednesday, along with Wellness Wednesdays, I think it would be a great tie-in with the show. Go to Collide.com, C-O-L-L-I-D-E.com. You know, you'll see all these famous people like Mariah Carey and Jamie Foxx and who knows what else. That's in entertainment. Go to Health, all right, and you'll see my big mug there. Click on that, and you can live, you know, see the show live. It also gets recorded, so you can see it at your own leisure. You know, every week I print up menus and things to do, and, you know, I have special guests, people that are trying to lose weight. Today I have this, you know, fitness and exercise guru, you know, who looks like a brick outhouse, you know, and yeah. we learn, we learn, yeah. Well, good, good. Well, um, just real yeah. quickly, because I'm getting into the time zone here. Uh, how'd okay. you do your first week? What kind of results? You know what? I, I weighed myself this morning. It isn't the official weighting, but I think I lost like seven pounds this week. 
which is incredible. And that already is making me feel great. You know, that's crazy. Well, that's good. Good for you. We'll follow along. Uh, You've made me conscious of portions and vegetable intake and sugar intake uh, and wine intake as well. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, wine is fruit. We'll talk about it. You know what? Moderation in everything. Every once in a while, you got to let go and enjoy life. And then the next day, jump back on the horse. Okay. Well, I'll take that advice as well. And and we'll I'll be on the journey with you, doctor. But thank you for uh, thank sharing you. your journey and uh, trying to inspire the rest of us to be a little healthier. But I agree with you and I agree with Mr. Beck. Let's start telling each other better stories about how to be healthy and we will make those stories come true. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, if by some yes. time, if by sometimes you start getting hives by the end of the day, call me. All right. I'll call in some medication for you to get rid of those liberal hives. Okay. That liberal overload. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jorge. Take care, and we'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Just a quick thought here. I wonder how many times CNN's going to say Russia today. Just wondering. You know, because the obsession with Russia was exposed yesterday by Project Veritas and the release of the hidden video camera, the hidden camera video that they put out. Uh, We'll play some of those clips, but I just wonder. I know there's an obsession with Russia at MSNBC. If you didn't hear the the super cut that showed how many times in one hour MSNBC mentioned just the word Russia anchors and guests brought up Russia in one hour. Uh, But we also know that that CNN is now Russia obsessed. And most of it because of money. Money is at the root of all of this. And it's, uh, it's a shame that an organization which actually has some journalist in it has tainted itself, has gotten so obsessed with it that they're going to, uh, they'll crash and burn themselves on this. It's, it's unreal to me. And I do have friends at CNN and I do have people I respect at CNN. Uh, one of the one of the sharper knives we had in the blaze drawer was Lee Munsell, who is a political reporter who is at CNN. And I know Lee is probably, well, one, one of the better people we had running around here at the blaze. And I I told that to Wolf Blitzer when I bumped into him at, at Penn Station one day. I said, keep an eye out for this one. And he goes, who, who? Who is it? And then he actually paid Glenn Beck a really nice compliment. He was very, very nice. I, I, I can't say too much about Wolf because he's just really kind of an anchor, just throwing things around. But uh, I happen to like Jake Tapper, and uh, and I happen to. I, there are some good people there, but there are some people I think at the top. Jeff Zucker, and the supervising producer whose clips we will play coming up next hour that I think are, are staining the entire organization. And it's all for ratings. 
it's not defined the story. Uh, we've got a lot to go on into today. I want to talk about immigrants, legal immigrants who are volunteering for our military, and now they could be getting deported. We'll get into all this after the news. Come on back. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, hopefully up and running with the phones. Uh, 888-900-3393 if you want to join the conversation. First hour was, uh, it just flew by. Just blew by if you ask me. But then, did you ask? Uh, I, I believe it, it was moving and grooving, mostly because we had uh, Dr. Jorge chiming in and helping us figure out what the heck's going on. He really wants people to be healthy. Now, at the end of the day, Dr. Jorge is a guy who is ultimately committed to his Hippocratic oath of first do no harm. And I love the fact that he's putting himself on the line by putting out there his his own problems with weight loss. He's not afraid to throw it out there. He He's absolutely, well, it's kind of brave. I don't know if I could do it. So good for him. Uh, still to come on the show today, uh, we have to get into CNN's um, attachment to the Russia scandal that is really a big nothing burger. We will have to get to uh, there's another CNN story in there uh, that, that showed uh, just how obsessed CNN and many in, in, that, uh, in that press pool are, how many of them are absolutely obsessed with getting their mug on camera and they're whiny about it. And I'm, I'm looking at Jim Acosta. I know. I know. I kind of went after him yesterday. Is that fair? Is that unfair? Well... It is what it is, but I think he uh, he went off on Sean Spicer, and Sean Spicer fired back a little bit. But yesterday, we also had a nice response to it, that history is showing us that CNN, CNN uh, should have paid attention when Bill Clinton was president. And I want to get into this story, this amazing story, I, I think is, uh, it's an embarrassment if it happens. It's an absolute embarrassment if, if what I'm hearing about is going on. And I, I have tried to get a Democratic senator to join me uh, in, in fighting this, in fighting against the move to deport, to deport and get, get rid of legal aliens who come to America and want to serve in our military. 
The program is called Military Accessions Vital to National Interest, or MAVNI. And this is a, a Department of Defense program that authorized military services to recruit certain legal aliens whose skills or language skills are considered to be vital to national interest. And some of the skills they talk about are doctors, nurses, languages, and certain cultural backgrounds that would be eligible. Now, they're, they're trying to determine how many of these people they would get, and they did a pilot program that will recruit or was set up to recruit 5,200 people in the fiscal year 2016. And they, they have these, these areas of eligibility that they list, and they talk about um, their status as a valid alien here. Obviously, they gave preference to people that they really need, like doctors and nurses, healthcare professionals, and they have to be able to help out in medical specialties where we have a shortfall. Now, there's apparently a doctor, a doctor shortage everywhere in America. But in the military, you know, it's kind of important. It's, it's important everywhere. But if you're a doctor, you have to specifically meet one of their shortfall areas. You have to, um, you have to be able to be proficient in English, and you have to commit three years of active duty and, or six years of what they call selected reserve duty. That's for healthcare professionals, doctors and or nurses. So there are folks who could be entering the United States military and serve this nation, even though they are not citizens of the country. But, you know, I, I, I think these are the people who should get uh, fast-tracked into citizenship, if you ask me. If you're willing to die for this country, if you are willing to put your life on the line, then you should get um, what they call deferred action. Or uh, I guess we should give you an easy pass to citizenship if you're a member of this uh, Mavni service. Well, I, I got a note from a guy who wrote to me and said, I, I'm, facing de I'm facing deportation. And I said, wait a minute, what? And I don't know his case. I absolutely don't know him. I don't know his case. We share uh, a, we're both alumni from a certain university, from Trinity University in San Antonio. And, and so we have that in common. And he's asking anyone in the alumni pool to please help. Well, sure enough, I started looking into the Mavni thing. And I discovered a um, this congressperson from New York, from the 6th District of New York. She's a Democrat, Grace Meng. And just today, Grace Meng has sent a, well, it went out late yesterday, has sent a letter to the president requesting that no foreign-born person recruited into our armed forces be deported as a result of any policy change in the DOD. The, the program apparently started in 2009, and uh, it's, it's when they pushed. And, and now, apparently, the Washington Post yesterday had a story that the Pentagon is considering canceling enlistment contracts for 1,000 of these recruits. And if they did so, it would lead to their deportation. 
one of those recruits apparently is the gentleman who wrote me through my Trinity University Alumni Association. But yesterday, Congresswoman Meng wrote to the president and said, I'm writing to request your personal assurance that no foreign-born person recruited into our nation's armed forces will be deported pursuant to the memo discussed at last night's Washington Post article entitled Pentagon Promised Citizenship to Immigrants Who Served, Now It Might Deport Them. Uh, If that's the case, I'm going to be ticked off. If you promise someone citizenship, especially because they have a skill, and then you tell them, well, you know, we, we, we overshot our uh, target, and uh, there's a thousand of you, we're going to cancel our deal. No, you live up to your commitment. Apparently, since the program started in 2009, over 10,000 troops, most of them who served the Army and have, have filled into those medical areas and those language specialties, Russian, Chinese, Pashtun, languages that the Pentagon needs for vital military operations, but they don't have enough people to do it. Most of those uh, are now about to see their visas expire while they're waiting for travel orders, which puts them at risk of deportation. These are the kinds of things that government has to get right. We have to be able to, A, live up to our commitments to our military, both in aftercare and in what we're providing them during their service. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, I was trying to get some bipartisan discussion on this. I reached out to Grace Meng's office today, earlier today, and, and said, look, I will make room for you anywhere on the show, anywhere you want. I'll, I'll even try and move Dr. Jorge if I have to. And I got a flat-out denial. I did not get... Hey, uh, hey, can we do it another day? Hey, it's important to us too. Hey, this is a really cool thing. No, I just got up. Not going to be able to do that. Which makes me think it's probably because she's on the left and I'm on the right. So I actually wrote back to the office of Congressman Mang and said, um, you know, if, if there is a problem, if that's, If that's the answer, if the rejection of this offer is over ideology, I think that would be sad. Um, And I also explained that Senator Chris Coons has been on this show and we we couldn't be further apart on politics, but still find room on issues to discuss important issues. I think this Mavni is is so important, especially when we talk about volunteering to serve this country. So what the hell are you doing, Congressperson? And Mr. President, anybody in Congress who's paying attention on this, we need to do the right thing for people who have said, yes, I'll volunteer. Yes, I'll do it. But And especially if we tell them we're going to fast track your citizenship, if we promise them citizenship, How dare we even let them worry about being deported? It doesn't make sense. Michael Palka stepping aside just a few seconds early because I think we're going to get Senator Chris Coons on the phone just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Palka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I think we're going to get a call from Senator Chris Coons of uh, Delaware. You've heard him on this show before. Senator Coons is uh, somebody who is deep, deep blue. Senator Coons is not a conservative. Senator Coons is a good guy. He's a good dad. He's a friend. He's uh, somebody I don't mind saying that about any time. He's a good guy. And, And we have to be able to have these kinds of conversations, don't we? We have to be able to say, hey, you're different than me. And uh, I respect that, but I also want to be able to have a reasonable conversation with you to where we can, we can maybe come to agreement somewhere, somehow, on, on the subjects that, that we talk about all the time. It's, it's important. Uh, you know what? I'm just, my phone just buzzed, so I'm looking. We will have to delay. Okay, so we're going to get Chris Coons probably in the next half hour of the show, which is fine, which is fine. We certainly have a lot to talk about today. Uh, There is uh, news out of the White House today that President Trump has accepted an invitation to go visit French President Emmanuel Macron, the new president of France. He will be there for Bastille Day. So that means uh, like two weeks from Saturday. Or two weeks from Friday, the president will be there for an official visit. I wonder, I wonder if England has calmed down and we're actually going to see the royal visit that was scheduled earlier. And there were a lot of people who are saying, no, you must disinvite him. We don't like him. Please tell him not to come. Uh, I, I wonder if that'll happen. I'm doubting it. We, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, I also need to get to the story of the White House press office. As you remember, or maybe you missed it, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle. Great word. Love to use kerfuffle. Uh, Kerfuffle in the press room the other day when uh, a reporter was asking, asking Sean Spicer about the cameras and why the cameras weren't there. And um, we had a little bit of a meltdown from one of the pretty faces at CNN. have been a drastic shift starting from maybe the week before President took his first trip abroad, but now we see you on camera about once a week. Is that a new normal that we would expect? We'll see. We're just, we'll continue to mix things why up. Why are the cameras off? Sean? Try. Why, are they, why did you Try. turn them off? So uh, before I let um, Jim Acosta lose his mind, Sean Spicer's about two seconds into answering this other reporter's question. He's actually trying to answer the question when Spicer, uh, Spicer is interrupted by CNN's Jim Acosta. Obviously, a little bit frustrated, but uh, listen to Spicer's response as well as Acosta's ranting. You need to mix things why up. Why the cameras off, Sean? Try. Why, are they, why did you turn Try. them off? Can you just Try. give us an answer to that? Can Try. you tell us why you turned the cameras off? Why are they off, Sean? It's a legitimate question. It's a Try. legitimate question. Try. You are a taxpayer Try. spokesman for Try. the United States government. Can you at least give us an explanation as to why the cameras are off? If you couldn't hear it because he was repeating it over and over again, Sean Spicer said, trite, 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 trite. Trite. Just kept saying trite, which is equally as irritating as what Acosta was saying. 
Now, Acosta's argument, you are a taxpayer-funded spokesperson for the President of the United States. Accurate? He is? Where in that does it say, we have to put you on camera every day? And this is really not about Sean Spicer and about Sean Spicer being on camera. This is about Jim Acosta and CNN essentially getting free taxpayer-funded programming, because that's what this is. And it's also about Acosta getting FaceTime, and that's the way he makes his living, is standing in those meetings, asking a question or two when he gets called on. Now, that's probably at the other end of this. He hasn't been called on for a while, so he's got his drawers in a bunch. And he's going he's gonna to try and keep asking, why are the cameras turned off? Why aren't the cameras on? Why can't we have cameras in here? Well, if anybody just would have gone back in time a little bit, if anybody would have done their homework, they could have gone back to the Clinton era when D.D. Myers was on C-SPAN talking about this very subject because the Clintons were the one who started it by having the live camera feeds from the press conferences, the daily press briefings, but it didn't even last as long as the Trump administrations did. Well, I think that that was something that we did in the first week or two. I can't remember exactly when we stopped it, Um, but it was done. It was a new administration. I think we wanted to talk about what was going on here. Uh, I think we found that it wasn't really necessary. Um, The briefing is more... Uh, an opportunity to exchange ideas and to have a conversation about what's happening. Um, that wasn't really happening in a way that, as productively as we'd hoped. So uh, what we do now is televise the first five minutes of George Stephanopoulos' briefings at 12.30 every day. Um, and the rest of it's on the record, but just not for cameras. Just on the record, just not for cameras. They didn't feel like they were getting it done. They, they didn't feel like they were getting their agenda serviced by having cameras. So why is it okay under the Clinton administration, but it is the, the mortal sin against the fourth estate under the Trump administration? It really seems to be duplicitous here. And no shock. No shock when that happens. Now, are, are we wrong? I, I think it's a little bit of, um, a little bit of the Trump group kind of jerking the chain on the media, right? They're kind of having having a little bit of fun, having too much fun, making the mainstream media suffer on this one. And that's always going to happen. You're always going to see that kind of stuff go on. So uh, I, I actually think it's uh, a little bit of fun trolling by the Trump organization. We'll follow this. But how beautiful that it was one of the liberal media's own who tried it and decided it didn't fit their agenda, so they stopped. They just decided, we, do, we can't do this anymore. Just a beautiful thing. When we get back, I, I hope we will have uh, Senator Chris Cruz, or Senator Chris Cruz. He, doesn't he work on the morning blaze? God, I hope that never happens. Senator Chris Cruz. Senator Chris Coons from Delaware <laughs> joining us. Plus, we also have to get to the story about Leslie Jones, uh, we'll have crazy stories from our friend Angie Austin. And uh, I, did, I did just post a vital poll question of the day. 
And if you want to answer it, I'd love to get your responses. Should the people who volunteer to serve this nation, who are immigrants, should they get that citizenship expedited? Answer it and then come on back and we'll talk to uh, Senator Coons next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. The uh, poll is up about uh, the people, the legal immigrants to this country here legally, legal aliens, I guess I should say, people who are here legally and are recruited into the military. Should they be given a fast track to citizenship? That's a, a question that's out there because a guy wrote to me asking me to look into the situation. He's apparently concerned he's facing deportation after he was recruited by the military for these specific skills. It's uh, it's kind of a disturbing concept because I think it makes sense. Uh, also, we're waiting on a call from Senator Chris Coons of Delaware. We wanted to talk health care with Senator Coons. But Bernie Sanders... Bernie Sanders is in the news. We talked the other day about the fact that the Monday, Sunday talk shows did not address Bernie Sanders and his wife under investigation by the FBI for bank fraud. Well, Bernie was on with Aaron Burnett on CNN last night, and uh, it's easier to talk about Bernie Sanders and his wife under investigation for bank fraud than it is to talk about Russia when everybody knows that there's really nothing there. So this is what happened when Aaron Burnett tried to corner Bernie. He really doesn't answer the question about the bank fraud. Say a word on that, you know. Yeah, well, I, I just want to ask wife, you, do you know wife, she's under FBI me, investigation? Excuse me. My wife is about the most honest person I know. Mm -hmm. When she came to that college, it was failing financially and academically. When she left it, it was in better shape than it ever been. His wife got a giant salary to be there. And she hired her daughter and paid her a whole bunch of money to teach woodworking classes. Woodworking classes, Boiny. Are you trying to get everybody in your family into the millionaires and billionaires club? Is that what you're doing? I'll let him continue not answering. Five years later, just at the moment, coincidentally, no doubt, when I'm a candidate for president of the United States, Donald Trump's campaign manager, a coach, vice chairman of the Republican Party in Vermont, launched this uh, investigation. So all that I will tell you now, Aaron, it is a sad state of affairs in America. Not only when we have, you know, politicians being destroyed public when there are attacks against elected officials. When you go after your wife, people's wives. When you go after people's wives and they've been taking gigantic salaries 
and hiring their kids at big salaries to teach woodworking classes. And behind them, after all the dust clears, is financial ruin and a really bad deal. Sorry, Bernie. Can't have it both ways, pal. It just can't work out that way. Huh. Oh, boy. Well, we'll see. Oh, ooh, joining us on the phone from uh, Washington, D.C., Senator Chris Coons of the state of Delaware, a guy who represents me, although I don't agree with a lot of things that he says, but uh, a decent guy and uh, a very interesting week in the state of Delaware uh, and in Washington, D.C. What's going on in the district, sir? Uh, it's another interesting week uh, here in Washington, D.C. That's what my dad used to say when he didn't like something and didn't want to be rude. <laughs> so so I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yesterday, no surprise, this audience uh, voted that the uh, GOP version of the health care bill, the Senate bill, would not pass. We we figured it out on Monday. I, I want to know what took <laughs> what took McConnell and company till till yesterday afternoon to figure that out. Well, you know, I think it was a combination of the process and the substance. Um, many Republican senators hadn't seen any of the details of the bill and weren't involved in drafting the bill. Um, so until it was released at the end of last week, um, they weren't sure exactly what was in it. Um, they read it over the weekend, and then they got the CBO score, uh, which tells you how many people will be affected, uh, how much it will cost or save. And uh, those initial numbers were really not good at all for them. Yeah. And it, it forced a lot of folks to reconsider. You know, there's a basic tension here, Mike, between um, folks who think the whole point of repealing the Affordable Care Act was to roll back access to health care uh, and folks who believed President Trump's promises that they were going to get better health care at lower cost. Those two are sort of in a, in a conflict. The whole goal of the Affordable Care Act was to expand access to health care um, so if your goal really is to accomplish what President Trump was talking about, which is better quality health care at lower cost, um, then the way to do that would be to sit down with Democrats and collectively come up with a way to fix the problems with Obamacare. Um, and there are some. We don't have enough competition. Uh, the prices have gone up too quickly. Um, but it has achieved its goals of expanding coverage. Well, um, well okay, so there's basically two competing groups within the Republican Party. Yeah, I, one that really want to roll it back and another that want to keep some of its benefits. Senator, I see I see that two competing groups. But yesterday, the White House put out something that if it's not statistically correct, we should say Bravo Sierra on this one. And that was the statement that the CBO, when Obamacare was signed into law, when the Affordable Care Act was signed into law, the CBO said by 2017, we're going to be covering 23 million more people. And now we are in 2017 and there were only 10.3 million people covered by Obamacare through those exchanges. So the CBO doesn't exactly have the greatest history of predicting. And yes, there are warring factions in here, but I think we have to either be honest about it or, or just stop this charade altogether. I, personally, I don't want the government involved in my health care at all. That's my libertarian heart speaking. I know we have seniors and 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 uh, people who need health care. In my view, the start of life and the end of life are high-risk pools. Why don't we create high-risk pools for the start of life, the first three years, and the end of life from 75 out? And we'll pay for that with taxes, but leave the rest of us to 
to what we had, a free market basis. What's wrong with thinking like that? Well, Mike, you know, there are folks who would support and embrace that. Um, the challenge is, you know, when you start drawing the lines and say before three and after 75, um, you'll have tens of thousands of Delawareans who um, end up having an injury, an accident, a deadly illness um, between age three and 75 um, and don't have health insurance through their employer or don't have access to health insurance. So we've got tens of thousands of Delawareans who rely on Medicaid and Medicare um, but the fight here is mostly about the Medicaid expansion. Um, I think the difference between those two numbers with CBO was how many million Americans got health care access through the exchanges versus how many million got access through the Medicaid expansion. Um, but, I, you know, that's just my comment back on the, the gap between 10 versus 23 million. The, the larger point, the values point here, Mike, um, is that, when I'm trying to figure out a very complex issue like affordability and access to quality health care, I look at the folks who I count on to care for me and my family and who represent people who care for our state and our country. Um, I've had visits with or conversations with the American Nursing Association, the American Medical Association, the American Hospital Association, and the AARP. Um, these days, <laughs> I'll add that I'm a member of the AARP. Um, they advocate for our seniors. Um, and the nurses and the doctors and the hospitals, they care for us when we're sick. All four of those organizations are opposed to this health care bill um, because of the impact on access to quality health care that would result. It would be a big tax cut for the wealthiest Americans. Um, it would roll back a lot of the Medicaid expansion. Um, and it would give states the choice whether to waive essential health benefits, um, which means for many states, things like uh, guaranteed coverage, even with pre-existing condition or lifetime caps, uh, would likely go away. Well, um, you can say likely, but, you know, all these hypotheticals get into, and this is why I don't want government involved in my health care, because you can twist statistics to match any narrative you want to write. And I, I'm, I'm really an advocate for just repeal the whole thing and then solve the uninsured problem. That's that's I want my health care back. I lost my doctor. My primary care physician retired because he couldn't deal with all of the crap that was handed to him from Obamacare. And I'm still I'm still ticked off about it, Senator. I, I don't want government doing to my health care what they've done to Amtrak. And that's become a giant suck hole for money, my money. And it's it's becoming that and neither side can get it right. So that tells me. Nobody in government has the answer. And, and that's I, I have a wish of not having it. I'd like to go back to 2007, but I can't. I'm sorry. I've got like a, a minute. I don't want to cut you off. We lost time today. But um, okay. I really I really would love to have more time if you get time, if we can work it out. And I'd love for you to look at uh, the Mavni program. I sent uh, I sent Brian a note. If you okay. could, that would be wonderful. And maybe we could talk about that in the future. I, I will get some time back on um, within the next week. Um, forgive me. I've got to get my daughter to camp. And I'm <laughs> I understand. looking forward to a long and full day here in Washington as we try and sort out the path forward. Thank you. Thank you for hearing me out as well, sir. Anytime. Thank you, Mike. And there he goes, uh, taking his daughter to camp in Washington, D.C., Senator Chris Coons. See, I, a lot of you, I've gotten a lot of you writing me and saying, you're too soft on Chris Coons. You give him, you like him too much. Do you think I was too soft on him there? 
Do you think I gave him uh, too much wiggle room in that segment? Then you need to go back and listen to that again. I, I was a little nervous that I'd gone a little too over the edge. And I might get a call from his press rep going, how dare you yell at the senator? I know he gets yelled at all the time. But at least I was polite. Stepping aside for a break. When we get back, we'll we'll either get into this uh, CNN producer thing or uh, some of the crazy stuff that happened on the New York City subway in the last week. Next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I I didn't get into it yesterday, and maybe we should today. Uh, The discussion of John McEnroe and what he said about Serena Williams and how her skills would match up against male tennis players. Maybe we'll do that in a little bit. I'm, I'm noticing uh, one of the things I, I don't miss about New York City is um, some of the mess that goes on underground in the subways. I ride the subways whenever I'm in New York. It's the fastest, cheapest way to get around. If you figure it out, it's not that tough to figure out, actually. Um, it, it's a great way to go. But because, and I'm blaming progressives, because the Democrats have been running the city for so long, and this de Blasio character just doesn't take care of anything, and they let the unions run roughshod over everything, and nobody's fixing anything. They've got trains that are a mess everywhere. You had a train that stopped, and, and it was, uh, there was a, a fire and all kinds of craziness. And then earlier in the week, we had a model who was sitting on the the six train, which I used to ride all the time. Um, And she saw the woman across from her with a raccoon on her lap. And the raccoon is a a pet, apparently. Not legal in New York City. Thank you very much. It's illegal to have a raccoon as a pet. I keep wondering, how did the pet get on the train? How did the pet raccoon get on the train? Well, as the raccoon's sitting on the woman's lap on the six train headed uptown, um, the woman pulls a little bowl out of her bag, and the bowl has kibble in it. And I guess it's uh, Purina raccoon chow. Who knows what the hell it was? I thought raccoon chow would just be a little bitty garbage bag because that's what the raccoons here in the, in the woods of Delaware like. They like to go into the trash cans. And uh, but but no, she's got a little bowl of kibble and the raccoon is eating the kibble in the video. Uh, Most of it is just silent video, so I can't play it for you and a lot of news reports on it. And I'm just thinking, what are you doing? Most raccoons that I know of, well, they seem to be rabies carriers. So kind of a dumb move, but nobody seemed to freak out on it. Now, however, a few days earlier. Uh, on the E train in New York, another train I used to ride all the time, 
A teeny tiny mouse was on the train, not a rat, but a mouse. And nobody seems to be freaked out except two women who are actually standing on the seats on the subway uh, screaming because there's a mouse. The mouse is not attacking them. The mouse is not even running near them. The mouse is just in the car as it's going from station to station. You would think somebody had let loose with a gun or a flamethrower as this woman is standing on top of the the plastic seat on the subway. I will tweet out a link to this one because you got to see this one. Teeny tiny little bitty mouse, about three inches of mouse. Come on, people. I do miss that part of New York, the crazy. I don't miss the stuck in the subway tube for hours on a hot summer day or the lovely urine-scented sidewalks in the summer, because no one's arrested for doing that anymore. But this stupid people and the crazy people, maybe once a month it's worth a visit. Michael Pelka and Puro Pelka, next hour, we're going to talk about CNN and the crazy obsession with Russia. Come on back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Third hour of Pure Opelka. Got a lot going on. Uh, I, I have to I have to get into this discussion. The John McEnroe story that, that popped yesterday. As John McEnroe, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a character. He's a bit of a free spirit. The guy doesn't mind speaking his mind. And at 50, what is he, 58 years old now? Yeah, he's 58 years old. He's, he's not going to be playing tennis competitively. So I don't think he has to worry about... Uh, Serena Williams saying, after I deliver this baby, I want a match against you, which that would be an interesting match anyway. But uh, McEnroe was asked a question about Serena. Now, an incredible athlete, Serena Williams. I, I think we can all agree on that. She's just amazing. And to watch Serena play tennis as a tennis fan, it's fantastic. But... To say that the female tennis players and the male tennis players are on the same level really is dishonest. And we need to look no further than the way the tournaments are structured. And I know I'm, I'm going to get some heat from some of the, the women who are out there listening. But if 
male players and female players truly are the same or equal, then why is it at a tournament like Wimbledon, do the men have to play best of five sets and the women play only best of three? So what I'm saying is if you're a male player, you have to win three out of five sets in order to win your match and move on to the next event. As a woman, you only need to win two out of three. But the pay is the same. The pay is exactly the same. So there's somewhere the officials have said there's there's a difference here. There's a difference in, in the way the men tennis players and the women tennis players are going to compete. If it truly is equal, if they're truly going to have exact same paychecks for the same work, same pay, equal work, equal pay, right? Why aren't the women playing best of five? Are you saying that the women don't have the same stamina? Because I've watched marathons and the women that run marathons run the same 26.2 mile course that the men run. Times are different, but people are attributing that to the fact that women weren't allowed to run marathons for years, so they'll eventually catch up. And I've heard some physical experts say that women marathoners will ultimately eclipse men's times because their bodies are built better for distance running. But in this case, John McEnroe got called out because he was asked, what what do you think of Serena Williams? This was an NPR interview and said, you know, where would she be? She's the best female player in the world, John McEnroe said. Best female ever, no question, in the tennis world. But the interview argued, well, some say she's the best player in the world. Why qualify it? And McEnroe countered that if Williams played the men's circuit, she'd be like 700 in the world. Now, that's an interesting statement because... um, I think she's better than that. I think she's a lot better than that. But the story hit and it bubbled up and McEnroe appeared on CBS this morning yesterday and the the hosts of CBS this morning were basically surrounding McEnroe and taking shots at him. And uh, co-host Nora O'Donnell even grilled McEnroe on the subject, uh, asking him again if he's sorry for ranking Miss Williams so low. No, I'm yes. just waiting. Would wait. you like to apologize? Uh, no, um, but the offer is this is because it seems in tennis, unlike other sports, that they're always asking about how women. They always ask me how I would do for someone. Why is not this old bag? John McEnroe. How would he do against Serena? Well, he said he, he probably <laughs> he wouldn't do well, but he's also said that um, that he won't apologize and they wouldn't let it go. They actually would not let it go. Gail King wouldn't let it go. And they kept coming back at McEnroe and he finally, finally hit him with another review of where he thought Serena would be. The one thing that struck me was you, you really bond with artists and comedians because you said that you can see how they do what they do because they're solitary out there. Well, I mean, obviously, you go to an art show and people look at it and you hear these comments, uh, te- a lot of them pretty rough at times. And then 
I was on the tennis court, played a lot of matches where people would come out, you're a bum, you know, you're a jerk, which you're apparently saying right now about <laughs> what I said. And not inaccurate. McEnroe was talking about it. Uh, let, me, let me go ahead a little bit to where he's actually going back to the question of ranking. I think I dug a little deeper, found an extra gear, maybe, God forbid, threw my opponents off a few times or whatever way you have to get it done. I didn't do that deliberately. Some people won't believe that. Later on, perhaps, when it became obvious. You didn't play for the camera at times or the crowd? You know, uh, Gail, I swear to you, in the beginning, it was just me as a kid trying to change the sport and bring it to the masses the same way that people look at football and basketball, all the other games. I mean, they're not saying, hello, how are you on the football field? But just so this is McEnroe talking about the fact when he yelled and cursed and he yelled, uh, the chalk flew up. You cannot be serious. I, that was at Wimbledon, actually, when the chalk flew up from the line. But they went back to him because Gail King wasn't going to let this go. Neither was Charlie Rose. Neither was Nora O'Donnell. And the other French, it's incredible. I mean, I look at these guys. I mean, I admire Roger, but the way he, he's done it, how much he loves it, it's what I really respect. Yeah, but in terms of the history of tennis, is it Rod Laver or is it Roger or is it someone? Well, my rankings would be Roger, you know, Rafa, close second. Rod Laver was my idol. Then I throw Pete Sampras in. Um, he's the greatest fast court player. Serena Williams at five. <laughs> <laughs> and number six, Novak Djokovic. Okay, you happy now? So he went back and ranked the top five players of all time, giving Serena number five, and then said, are you happy now? Uh, you know, this really is silly. Serena Williams is a great player, but let's face it. And if you want to get mad at me, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. If you want to argue it, then you have to be prepared to face the reality that the men actually pay, play 50% more matches potentially than the women. I'm sorry I missed that. Who's from Florida on the phone? Janie's calling from Florida. Janie, welcome to the program. Welcome back to the program. Are you gonna Are you gonna agree or disagree with me on this one? Mike, I'm sorry, honey. I just gotta set you straight. Okay. You're, you're looking at this wrong. It just proves that sometimes it takes men twice as long to figure out who's right than it does women. I would we love to give you a little you, bit longer. You gotta have five tries at it. We only need three. I would love to give you a round of applause, Janie. It's a nice effort, but I will tell you there is not a male tennis pro player alive who would say, Okay, we'll play two out of three and we'll take know, the same Sarah, paycheck. I was just giving you a little grief. I know. I, I know think, I appreciate it. I think it. it should be fair on, you know, all counts. But they're not yeah, going to do it, that. And the interesting thing here is that Serena Williams was not happy that she got brought into that discussion. And she tweeted at John McEnroe, I adore and respect you, but please keep me out of your statements that are not factually based. Well, I know, and you have women's sports and men's sports, and that's a reason for there to be two different sports and two different competition levels. This letting, you know, the runners run, male runners run on the girls' side just for a medal because they couldn't win on the men's side, and this gender thing. There's a difference between boys and girls on all levels. Leave this alone. 
Well, I, I agree with you, but, you know, if we, we just have to get everybody to agree that there are just two genders. Once we get down to that, then I think we're in good shape, Janie. I think we'll be okay. Where are you driving today? You delivering something today? Uh, I bring groceries up from South Florida to Central Florida every day. But, hey, Mike, love my relief factor. Oh, God, thank, thank goodness you're still using it. I am, I'm happy to hear it. It's working. Your carpal tunnel's down. You're climbing in and up out of the cab of the truck all right yes and i have survived a first play date with the one year old and the nine month old who are both trying to walk and go in two different directions and i was up down up down up down sit on the floor get up go chase one this way go and my son looked at me he goes mom you won't be moving in the morning and surprisingly i was well that's that's great news. Well, first of all, it's great news you get that time with the little ones. And, and second of all, it's great that you don't have any of the pain. I'm very happy to hear that. And I'm always happy to hear your voice, Janie. I love that you're out there listening. And as you're driving, this is to all the Blaze Radio audience. These are some of the truckers who call in this show. And you better be respectful of our trucker friends on the road they're providing all Our the sustenance we need. To anybody from... out here on the road, Mike, learn yep. to merge. Learn how to do that, <laughs> and the rest of it we can deal with. But just learn how to merge. <laughs> learn to merge. The rest of it we learn can deal with. Merge. Thank you. Thank you, Janie. Have I'm a great right. rest of your day. Uh, I'm going to step aside. When we come back, let's wrestle with this Project Veritas CNN thing. Uh, I think it's very interesting, and I've had my problems with Project Veritas. I've had my problems with James O'Keefe in the past, but I wrote him last night, and I said, nice job on the CNN thing. I found it very interesting. We'll deal with it next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. About uh, two hours ago, we talked to Dr. Jorge, and he was talking about being smarter, being smarter about our health, being smarter about how we live our lives, being more in tune to our, our own healthcare footprint. And he talked about health consciousness. And that's kind of along the lines of what's going on with our new sponsor. I'm very happy to talk about HealthIQ.com. HealthIQ.com slash The Blaze. This is a life insurance company, and it's somebody that I am currently uh, trying to get life insurance through, and I'm real happy with what I'm hearing. But they base their decisions not just on your age, your gender, and are you married, because that's what a lot of them do. It's more on how much you know and understand and live a healthier life. And they can actually get really good rates based on it. Uh, I took the test and then I had a follow-up call with one of their advisors. I'm going to have an in-house visit with one of their physician's assistance people. They'll take the blood, they'll weigh me, they'll measure, you know, that whole thing. But what they offered in the initial preliminary discussion on this term life policy was so much better than what I had seen anywhere else. 
And it's from the big people, the real big companies. But they've just got this, this program that screens you based on your knowledge, your health consciousness. And it combines all of the elements usually found with this. So if you're a healthy person trying to be healthy, working on getting healthier, and you're looking for life insurance, good idea. HealthIQ.com slash The Blaze. HealthIQ.com slash The Blaze. Take the test and see if, if in the conversation things work out for you. I, I will tell you guys about every step of the way as I go through this. And I'll let you know how happy I am right now. I'm very happy. And uh, I think if you're looking for life insurance, HealthIQ.com, The Blaze, is a place you should stop. Thank you, HealthIQ.com. All right. It's, uh, it's been a weird day as we've, we've talked to a couple of really deep blue Democrats on this show. And we, we've talked about a pet raccoon and a mouse on the subway causing all kinds of trouble. And Bernie Sanders is, is denying or not answering questions about being under federal investigation. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And I figure we just need some real crazy on the show. So when I need crazy, I go to the headquarters of crazy, the capital of crazy, my friend, Angie Austin. Angie, welcome back. We've missed you. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I know. You don't want to be called the, the capital of crazy. No, you find more strange stories than I do. I used to think I was the king of crazy stories. Crazy. Yeah. No, but you. Me too. You call, you call me and you go, did you hear about it? Did you see this? Did you, did you know that? And I'm, I'm dying because I'm going, wait a minute. Where did you find a story about a guy who's going to jail or, or spends three months in jail for drywall powder that wasn't drywall powder? Yeah, and here's the deal. This is out of Florida, which I feel like every week I bring a story to you from Florida. I mean, you talk about the capital of crazy. Sorry, Florida. I love you. I go there every year. However, the stories are so bizarre. This Florida man spent 90 days in jail. Police pull him over. He was driving without headlights, and there was a white powder found in his car. So they brought the dogs over. Uh, the dogs uh, basically said, yes, you know, there is cocaine in that car. I mean, they don't say that, but you know how they do their tail wag and all that jive. So yeah. Carlos Cash, which I think is a phenomenal name, by the way, fantastic. Carlos Cash uh, finally got out of jail last week after lab results determined that he was telling the truth, that in his handyman's car was actually drywall dust, not cocaine. He repeatedly told them he was a drywaller. Uh, but here's the deal. This is what I tell my kids. When you do something in the past, people will judge you by it. And then when you tell the truth or do the right thing, they will, they will be suspicious because in the past you've done the wrong thing. Well, this guy was on probation for marijuana and cocaine charges from 2015. So when the canine alerted on his vehicle, they're like, oh, well, it's not a drywall dust. It's cocaine. And I'm thinking, like, are labs that backed up that this guy did three months in the Hooskow before they figured this out, that it was drywall dust? Well, first of all. I, I watch this crazy show on A&E on Friday yeah. and Saturday nights. And if you mm -hmm. haven't seen it, check it out. Live PD. Have you seen it? No. It is. It is a show that's like the old cop show, except they have 30 cameras in cities all over America. And they're uh -huh. live with cops. And they go from incident to incident. And, and whenever they pull somebody over, if they had pulled this guy over, Mr. Cash, and they said, the dog hit on your car, all this white dust, we think it's the cocaine. They would have brought out these little swabs. And they hit the 
powder or whatever. And if it turns yeah. purple, you're going to jail. And right. So That's what don't I they have thought. that? What, well, what and, town is, is, this? Wait, and is the drywall dust in a baggie or it was scattered all over the car? Like nobody transports cocaine scattered all over the car. I mean, I've never like actually been when like a locked up abroad person trying to bring cocaine across the border. But I would think you don't like spread it all over the car. Right? Well, you know, Ange, you may have just yeah. stumbled into a brilliant smuggling idea that the <laughs> cocaine people are going to make big giant things of cocaine that look like drywall. And that's how they'll bring them in. Well, can I give you a drywallers joke? Sure, why not? Sure. How do drywallers um, get high? I don't know. They they use joint compound, of course. Get it? Drywalling, joint compound. Is that, was that not good? Is that too soon? <laughs> Let's leave that to the professionals. Can you tell me about the large baby in North Carolina? Okay, this story is so disturbing on so many levels because my news guy always has, we call him the old newsman with really long stories, right? So you'll, you'll do a story like this. Wow, did you hear like a 14.4-pound baby was born in Lexington, South Carolina? And they'll go, you know, when my son was born and they did a C-section, I remember the doctor's arms were all the way up to their elbows and my wife, and they couldn't <laughs> find the baby. I'm like, whoa, 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 back up, mister. <sighs> That's really inappropriate. It is inappropriate, but they have a 14-and-a-half-pound baby born in North Carolina? Yes. 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 Isn't that? I mean, my kid weighed that like a year. 14-and-a-half pounds? Mm-hmm. I'm, 14. And that's, I, a, that's a huge baby. My, my eight-year-old weighs 39 pounds. Okay, so this kid is almost half the size of my 14-year-old. Not quite, but uh, the dad says he would like his son, Colin, to be a defensive lineman at Clemson University and then play for the Green Bay Packers. So he already has very specific goals for his large baby. Well, that's all in the next two years, apparently, from the right. size of this kid. 14-and-a-half pounds. All I'm saying is, uh, Mom... I'm guessing no more horseback riding lessons for you for a while. Jeez. Oh, but wow. no, you, don't, you can't have that like the old-fashioned way. That's not even humanly possible. I don't know. What do I know? I, I, I know from nothing. Well, let's get on to something I do know, and that's airline flights being delayed. You have mm-hmm. a story about a, a Chinese airline that was delayed. Why? It was delayed about five hours. So um, a woman who was in her 80s decided that she wanted to have a safe flight. So she was praying for safety, and she launched coins into the engine on Tuesday. So nine coins she launched into the engine of the jet, and only one hit its intended target and actually went into the engine. But another uh, passenger saw this at Pudong International, Shanghai Pudong International Airport, and she said, like, hey, I think it's really weird. Some old lady just threw it. Sorry if you're in your 80s. Some elderly lady threw uh, coins in the engine of the plane, which, you know, if a goose causes problems, nine coins could be a problem. And so they it took about five hours to uh, inspect the issue. Well, hold on a second. Did, did Why? Do the, the windows on the Chinese airlines roll down so she could stick her hand out and throw coins at the, at the no, engines? No, they don't get on like we do. They actually, she goes across the tarmac and as she's passing the engine, kind of glanced left and right said her little prayer and launched all her coins because they don't have like the fancy ramps apparently uh, all the time. She was on the tarmac. (laughs) I'm never going to China. And if I do, 
I, I, again, I'm not going to be on a Chinese airline. All right, I got time for one more story. And this okay. is one I did not know about, but you said you had breaking news about Bill Cosby and his, uh, his town hall tour. Okay, so I thought he was going to do one of those like Charlie Sheen winning Tiger's Blood town hall tours and actually yeah. like teach young men how to sexually assault women, allegedly. Sorry, allegedly. And um, no, um, apparently his spokesperson told Good Day Alabama. Cause I, was, I was like, where did this start? Because now they're saying it's propaganda. Well, his uh, spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, went on Good Day Alabama and said, Mr. Cosby wants to get back to work. We're planning town halls and we're going to be coming to this city sometime in July. And the host was like, really? Like town hall? Like to talk to people? He said, this issue is bigger than Bill Cosby. They basically said that they were going to talk about laws and tell athletes to protect themselves from, you know, these accusations that were false. And the funniest part, listen to this, the host says, is it kind of a do what I say and not as I do situation? Yeah, pretty much, and right? He, said, he goes, yeah, right. I mean, he's basically saying that, well, Cosby's kind of guilty, so he's kind of do what I say, not what I do. And I thought, what, is he going to go around and teach athletes how to give young women uh, roofies and take advantage of them sexually? But that was not the plan. And now it's been nixed because people are outraged that this dirtbag <clears throat> man, sorry, uh, who allegedly sexually assaulted 60 possibly plus women had the audacity to do a town hall and talk about how to protect themselves from false allegations. And here's the other deal. Now they're saying it's propaganda, but his spokeswoman is the one who started the whole thing. And now they put the kibosh on it because the lawyer's like, are you out of your mind? Because even though they may try him again, you know that most people in the, on the jury did want to convict him. I hope he, he, he is cognizant of that. Yes, he is, I'm sure. But he also knows in a criminal case, it's got to be unanimous versus the civil case, which I'm, he has a bunch of those coming up soon. Angie Austin, always a pleasure. I love that you have all the, the different news for me yeah. on on our, our usual connection. Where do we find you, my friend? DaybreakUSA.com. And your producer said he missed me. So apparently my stories are kind of interesting. Yes, they are. They are. <sighs> Thank you. Please be Thank affirmed. You. Please be affirmed. And have, a, have a great rest of your day, my friend. You too. Thanks. There, there she goes. And here we go. When we come back, uh, I have some good news for veterans or active military uh, you want to know about some free stuff you can get in July? Free tickets for vets and service members and their families? Come on back. I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka and waiting in the wings, the liberty loving Latino, Chris Salcedo. Uh, so I, I have to uh, finish up, take care of a little business here, and then make room for Mr. Salcedo. Oh, boy. Um, I did not get to that story. I'll have to save that story for tomorrow. And that one right there. I can't even tip that one off, so I'll save that for tomorrow. Um, we were talking earlier about the Serena Williams thing, and uh, Kelly, in uh, she is one of the paid resources here. 
she's not part of the vast and unpaid resources, found the clip with David Letterman when Serena Williams said, no, I don't want to play against men. They, they play a different kind of tennis. So everybody calm down about John McEnroe. This is from 2013. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because Andy Murray, he oh, he was been joking about um, myself and him playing a match. And I'm like, Andy, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Because for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 in five to six minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Because it's, no, no, it's it, true. It's honestly, true. It's a completely... Really? It's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game. And I love to play women's tennis, and I I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna let you kill me. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you when it comes to tennis. I only want to play girls. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of miss Letterman, but uh, that was that moment from 2013. It actually happened, so everybody can calm down. John McEnroe was right. It is a very different game. Now, if, uh, if you are planning on spending time with family this holiday weekend, this Independence Day weekend, and you're a member of uh, the service group, service, or if you are a veteran, currently active or a family of a veteran or an active service member today and tomorrow and Friday. I'm going to try and give you uh, ideas for entertainment that either gives you real cheap deals or straight up free deals. And there are, there are activities that are going on all over the country in, in terms of like art and entertainment, Blake Shelton and Kelly Clarkson, July 1st in Chicago it's the DOD Warrior Games opening concert. July 8th in Queens, New York, the, the New York Hall of Science you can get in. In Dallas on the same day in Texas, Dallas, Texas, Kiss and Destroyer are playing. And these are places where you can get discounted family stuff, tickets, access. Uh, July 9th, Hillsboro, Texas, the Texas Pirate Festival. Who doesn't want to go to the Texas Pirate Festival? I'm not a veteran, and I would love to go to that. <laughs> Seriously, there's more. I'll be doing more of these every day. If you want to know uh, more about it, the Veterans Ticket Foundation will help you, or you can go to vettix.org, vettix.org. Let's help take care of those who have taken care of us. It's so important. I'll be back here tomorrow. Let's meet at noon Eastern. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.